What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 36 of Bob. Tonight, we're going to be digging in, or we have already dug into, the Georgia Guidestones. What are they? Where did they come from? And most importantly, what is your social duty, Micah? And who is RC Christian? Tonight, we answer all these questions and more about Broners. When you join us on this... <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> Micah, thoughts, opinions, what are you feeling? Um, I feel like we probably discovered, well, at least these guys probably discovered yeah. who RC Christian actually was. Um, but you know, there's still some mystery, um, around the Guidestones. And mm. I think if you, if you take this journey with us, you will, mm. you will probably agree. Yeah. And it might, might leave you with, uh, some questions of your own. I wish I would have done. We need to have somebody. We need to. Maybe we should do that at our next episode or coming up. We always reference what our next episode might be or, or some of the future ones. But maybe we should really dig into the whole Freemason stuff because that was something that was referenced on here quite a bit. And unfortunately, I don't. I don't know enough about that to speak into it too deeply for you. So the Freemason stuff seemed to be really be tied into it. And there's some people who disagree with that, saying that Freemasonry comes off as like a Christianity thing, but it's actually Satanism. That's too much for me to be able to really give an opinion one way or the other because I don't know enough about it. But I, I think it could be worth looking into. Maybe we uh, maybe we do that one soon here. Uh, real quick, guys, as always, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, it's going to be the Band of Beard Brothers podcast group. You can also follow. We have uh, and the links. I think we it's have under are, just Bob, isn't it? For Facebook. No, but I've been thinking about changing. I want to change everything to just Bob because I think it's going to be so much easier for people. I'm actually. I, I think. For sure, we need to do that. Not, not maybe our, our podcast itself, but all the groups that people can find us on. I'd, I'd like to change those to just Bob. Um, so our Instagram one is Bob USA Podcast. And um, we're on there. I believe we're also on Twitter. Obviously, we're not really active on Twitter too much, but uh, we're on there. And you can now follow us at our very old website, BobUSAPodcast.com, where we got a lot of cool things you can do there. Well, it's going to be some really cool things coming, actually, Micah. We just finished up. Uh, putting together a good outline of our tiers. We got different levels, guys. We got rewards coming. We got merch. Merchandise coming December 1st. We're going to have some deals for you guys. We're, we're going to do an episode on this soon. Maybe even before this one. Maybe we'll do something separate live, but we'll make an episode too. To talk about what where, what would probably be the best level for you. What you can get the most rewards. And also go into the whole idea of what that could entail. I just want people to have a good idea. If they want to support the show what they can do and literally have it set up to we're giving things to you to basically sign up pretty much. I mean, that's Mike and I have kind of gone over it. We got some more, we got iron out, but we really are trying to like, you know, we, yeah, want we have, uh, we have some, uh, possibly, how do we say unrealistic expectations in certain <laughs> parties? Never Mike. Never. No. Um, and we still got to iron out those, those thoughts. Mike is saying I'm a bit of a socialist. I'm like, hey, give away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're a socialist. No, I'm, I'm just, just saying there is some realistic uh, yeah. ways that we go about this and For some sure. unrealistic ways. For sure. Um, well, that's why I want to get so, an episode out there that shows people what it's at. And maybe they can even, you guys can even send them some you know, suggestions to us as well. There'll be multiple tiers. Some of the upper tiers actually get people involved where you guys are actually kind of helping mold the show a little bit yourself. You you could be involved with some of the editing, um, whether it be episodes, whether it be merchandise, we could hold some contests that way if we have any artists in our group. So there's a lot of stuff we can do um, moving along that way. And you can do those things even without signing up, but 
we're trying to do as much as we can to reward people who want to support Bob and help us grow. So more to come about that. Uh, I think that's about all I got for right now, Micah. And we mentioned what we might do in our next episode. So I like the idea of Freemasons. I can get behind that. You like the idea of Freemasons? I don't think yeah. you should say that yet. I don't think you've read it. I don't think we've done it. We haven't done it. Oh, the episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought like, you were just saying the idea of like being a Freemason. It, you know, yeah. researching it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty in-depth, though, I'm not going to lie. I think it wouldn't be our next episode. It'd probably need to be... <laughs> Maybe anybody listening, if you are a Freemason... Well, we I don't think they're allowed to talk about it, are they? Is it? Because it's not one of those things you could just like, I'm going to go join all Freemasons. <laughs> I mean, I know they got, like, little covens and stuff, or covens, or whatever they're called, but, like, I, I think you usually have to... Somebody has to vouch for you, right? I, I could be wrong, well, but I think I somebody think within... Gonna have to, we're going to have to look this up to know. Yeah, let's let's do let's do that. For let's now, research guys. it, and then we can talk about it. Yeah, let's let's get into this night's episode. The Georgia Guidestones. Micah, you want to wanna push our music and bring on that inspirational music right now? Well, actually, William's been uh, stepping up, and, and William has been taking over the editing the last oh, yeah, episode so that's true but push you the imagine, push, push the imaginary button. you push the button like mike wazowski <laughs> in that car push the button <laughs> all right all right here it is yeah wrong we go. button <laughs> wrong hole okay roll the music Hello. here we go <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the time, 8.23 p.m., November 7th of our year and Lord and Savior, 2020. Is that a, is that a way we should start the show, Mike, or should we not? It works. We not Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's episode. Good Monday morning to you, or whatever morning you're listening to this, or evening, because we don't know. It's your world, man. We're just living in it. You ever think about that? We're kind of just living in their reality, right? I mean, Either way. Is reality not real for you or? No, 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 it is, right? But like this moment, even though it's in our moment of reality, it's their moment, current moment of reality. So, and you know what? We're not here to talk about that crap tonight. We're here to talk about <laughs> the Georgia Guidestones as discussed in the uh, introduction there. And we already told you all the places you can follow us. So I'm going to leave that where it is and we'll get ready to dig into this. One quick note I will make is that the, uh, the guest we were going to have on for tonight Unfortunately, uh, got called in for kind of a work emergency, so not able to join us, but we're going to get something set up that way still. So tonight, Micah and I will be winging the Georgia Guidestones, bringing that to you. And thankfully, Micah has spent the last 48 hours diligently, countless minutes. I mean, you could count them up if you want because they're exact. But 48 hours, just digging into this bad boy. He has oh, yeah. a book full of notes, videos. We're ready to rock and roll. Micah, how excited are you to cover the Georgia Guidestones? Extremely. Extremely. I'm just, Extreme. I'm just kidding, by the way. We, we found out like last <laughs> minute, so we're like we're totally prepared for this. We, we've got this. Um, so, Mike, I guess what we'll do is, we'll, we'll, since I always get off track, we're going to have you kind of narrating or, or keeping us on point. Uh, guys, we are going to have many links with this as, um, well, I probably didn't mention that in the introduction, but... Um, Excuse me, I'm going to let you know right now, we have a ton of links for this. I will make sure they're all posted 
within the, the show notes, as always, so that you guys can follow up on this yourselves. And I have um, one documentary I really got to give a shout out to and think first before we even get, continue on here, as long as my mic will kick back in. There we go. Jeez. I got to get, it's a little loose in the hole. I got to get it tightened wow. up in there, my guy. There we go. Well, it's, it's, it's Start doing the, some uh, squats or something. <laughs> Anyways, the, uh, the the link will be for this this uh, documentary. It's just called the Georgia Guidestones documentary, and it is by I believe it's it's a French word. It's like D E L A Web. It's like Delay Web. I'm not sure. Uh, these guys did a great job though, and this is really recent. It came out July 3rd of 2020. Obviously a little bit lower. Like you could say it just doesn't have a Hollywood budget or whatever. It's just some guys out there doing this, doing the research. But I think it was really well done. And also kind of hits on one of the biggest mysteries that has to do with the Georgia Guidestones, uh, as we'll get into tonight, which is who was R.C. Christian? Uh, who was this mysterious figure that rolled into town and was this pseudonym um, and this this in-between person for uh, the families or the corporation or the group or however you want to word it that that ran this process of getting what we now know as the Georgia Guidestones set up in the, uh, I think it was right around 1980, right, Micah? Somewhere 1980, there? March of 1980. 1980. So if you want my Micah, let's lay out a little bit of, um, we got a lot we're going to dig into. Like I said, I, I mentioned like we got going uh, from watching that documentary last night. Again, highly recommend it. I, I got like eight pages worth of notes. I had some stuff written down anyways for myself, but... Front and back covered, Micah, covered eight pages. And as we all know from when we did the episode with the UFO Garage guys, when I bring notes, well, we're beyond prayer. to them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure I do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Actually, you know what, Micah? Before we even get going here, before we even read that, I'm going to play, I'm going to play a little, uh, a little piece here of, um, of a clip from the from the documentary itself. So if if you gentlemen are listening and this is your documentary, hey, I'm not trying to steer thunder at all. I'm just playing a little little clip. If anything, I'm advertising for you. I really mean that. I, I really appreciated being able to use this um, as a as a reference point, and I, I really think people should check it out. I just realized though that I will have to find it. So Micah, perhaps for just a second, because uh, it's on my computer but not on my my phone. I want you to be able to hear it. Let me see. You know what, Micah? Let me do this. I know you're going to be able to hear this, but I'm going to play it, and then uh, I'll let you know when, when you can start uh, reading, okay? It's nothing nothing outside of what you're already going to be uh, reading yourself. This just has the actual voice of the unveiling that took place, so like the, the, the broadcast that was given, and one of the gentlemen, um, Wyatt Martin, who's a prominent character in the story, uh, it, it has a little little talk from him. It's just about a minute long here. So I'm going to play this and then we'll, we'll have Micah. You can pick up from there and we'll kind of get going on this. You guys, you guys ready? Leading close. Here we go. Over 951 cubic feet of granite make up the 11 pieces of the monument. The overall height is 19 feet, three inches from the surface of the ground to the top of the capstone. Thank you. Congratulations. There are slots and holes in the center stone that have astrological significance because they have been cut at precise angles to permit accurate readings of the sun and moon at various times of the year. Standing on the highest point of Elbert County, the Georgia Guidestones have raised a lot of questions. Four upright stones more than 16 feet high 
with support stones totaling almost 238,000 pounds. And there's a message sandblasted in 12 languages and letters two inches tall. The sponsors of the mysterious project are said to be an anonymous group of out-of-state Americans promoting the concept of the conservation of mankind. Here's the mystery, though. Elbert and Granite businessman Joe Finley was contacted to build the project by a man using the fictitious name of R.C. Christian. Granite City Bank President Wyatt Martin served as intermediary, handled the escrow account for all funds, and says he'll carry the secret of who R.C. Christian is to his grave. Uh, the mere fact that it is a mystery as to the identity of the people will lead others to come and look at the stones and wonder who put those stones there. I love the way the guy says that. Uh, wonder he's got quite the accent, as uh, you probably could hear from the uh, from the clip there. Um, but really quick, then, uh, so from from that little brief synopsis, that gives you an idea of what we're talking about. But Mike is going to give him a little, we're obviously gonna be more detail than that. Uh, again, check out that uh, that that uh, documentary for sure. So, Micah, if you were to kick things off for us, where do we kind of start? Where does this all start? Where, where, where is this even taking place? First of all, I guess what, what are we looking at? Uh, Taking place in Georgia, uh, in Albert County. Um, I don't remember, and I actually don't see what's that. What the the town name is? Um, I do believe I had that written down, hmm. but let me look it up. Let me look it up for you. But you can keep talking. So it started out. Yeah. Right? So it's in Albert County, uh, Georgia. Um, I don't. Remember exactly? Or no, it did. It does say right there, October first, nineteen seventy-nine. Um, the land was purchased uh, by this Christian uh, dude that no one really knows the true identity of. Yeah, RC um, Christian. October first, nineteen seventy-nine, and then monument was unveiled in march 22nd 1980 so they worked pretty quickly um from my understanding this town uh is basically nothing but granite workers mm -hmm. like if you live inside of this town you work with granite period yeah. um I, I guess they do have some <laughs> some pretty high quality granite there as well mm -hmm. um so it's not the cheap stuff um you know, it's it's pretty good granite, and uh, this this gentleman um, that purchased the land, uh, I believe he said he he stands like was basically a representative of um, a group that wanted these stones put up. Yeah, yep. Um, and they basically uh, they funded the whole thing. Um, and and they got with uh, a local i believe they went through a bank also um mm -hmm. at, for a representative to deal with all of the local people to get this thing built and then um after that i, I i'm not sure that they had much involved with after it actually got built um well, yeah that's something we'll we'll break down tonight i know that um i think it's right near Right near the top, it should. And I looked it up by the way. It is. It is Elberton. That is actually the name of the the city as well. 
Um, okay. it's, it's just called Elberton. It is the largest city in Elberton County, Georgia, the United States. As Probably of 2010, freaking city because it's tiny. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, even in 2010, <laughs> said their census in 2010 said that the population was 4,653. That was in 2010. So it's it's huge. It's a huge, huge, huge city. Huge. Yeah. It's really um, more of a village, probably, but um, right, right. Um, if you, if you, I know right near, I, I found a spot for you, Mike. Right at the top, if you start right about in there, it'll, it'll kind of give. I, I, I don't know. I must have not sent you the right one, but it does show like where the city, as far as like the name and how tall it is and everything. Yeah, um, I wasn't really at the top. Oh, I was um, okay. No worries. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, just a real quick, I guess, if you want to go over the dimensions of it. Um, overall height, this thing is 19 feet, three inches tall. Total weight is 237,746 pounds. It's a heavy mother trucker. Um, they, it's made with, uh, four, uh, major stones. They're all 16 foot by, uh, 16 foot, four inches in height. Uh, the average weight of them, which is kind of surprising. It says average weight being so precise. If they're all the same, mm-hmm. you know, you would expect them to be the same weight. Uh, but it says they're, they're about 42,000 pounds a piece. The center stone is 16 foot, four inches. Um, it's about 21,000 pounds. The capstone is nine foot, fo- uh, nine foot, eight inches long and six foot, six inches wide one foot seven inches thick and weighs about 25,000 pounds. And then there are support stones that are seven foot four inches. Wow, they really like this four inch thing. Yeah, and this we'll get into some of this too. Uh, There's a lot of people that read into the, the you know, exact, like the numbers and, and, and things of that nature uh, is, is we'll break it down. There are many theories. The rest of it is just kind of uh, just goes over the, the size of the stone. Yeah. But um, it's uh, 951 cubic feet of granite, um, and it was uh, quarried from Pyramid Quarries located three miles west of Alberton. Mm-hmm. So it's and local granite uh, built by local people. Yeah, they're all about that granite life. Um, and if we were to basically kick this off where it, it all took place... Um, before we're even at the size and how big all these the sucker is, which is which is in my opinion, we'll get in a little more on the in depth um, intricacy. Is that right? Intri- in, I always wonder this word intricacies. There we go, intricacies of the design, which are pretty to me. I mean, I know some people are like, "Well, there should be anything," because like it's it's like astronomically aligned and all this stuff. But anyways, um, before that even happens. This all takes place in June 1979. So it's actually right before we get into 1980 or 80. Um, as we mentioned, and as, <clears throat> excuse me, was mentioned in the little, the little, uh, clip we played for you, a man using the pseudonym RC Christian approached the Elberton Granite Finishing Company on behalf of, and in quotations, a small group of loyal Americans. I don't know. That always seems interesting to approach a situation like that. Listen, we're super. Super loyal. I don't know how much more loyal of an American I can tell you I am. Uh, and commissioned the structure. Christian explained that the stones would function as a compass, a calendar, and a clock, and should be capable of withstanding catastrophic events. That also was a direct quote. Uh, he needed that. Withstanding catastrophic events. Joe Fenley. Yeah, that's that's uh, an interesting thing to just. It is throw a little out bit, there. right? Like, well, 
and I could see is what we'll kind of get into some of the discussions of what this thing is, what it could be, and all the possibilities of it. I could see withstanding earthquakes and some other stuff, but like at the same time, if it was like just a bomb, like a good sized bomb, I don't know what the effects of a nuclear bomb on granite are. Didn't we cover when we covered that episode way, way, way back? Episode 10 or 11? We covered like it was, we called it coronavirus and the elites. And there was that place out there in, is it in Kansas City or is it in Missouri? Or I'm sorry, in Kansas or Missouri? I, can't, I think it was in Missouri, wasn't it? It was that like, that underground. Yeah. Was that granite there too? Or what kind of, maybe theirs was limestone. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I'm remember. Not but anyways, sure. I wonder what the effects don't of a, of a, one. Of a bomb on granite would be. Anyways, um, he needed this to withstand catastrophic events. Joe Fenley of Elberton Granite assumed that Christian, in quotations, was a nut and attempts to, attempted to discourage him by providing a quote for the commission, which was several times higher than any project the company had previously taken, explaining that the guidestones would require additional tools and, cons and consultations. To Finley's surprise, Christian accepted the quote. When arranging payment, Christian said that the request that he be represented a group which had been planning the guidestones for 20 years and which wanted to remain anonymous. So, in that first little bit, there was like two things that stood out to me. Was there anything that stands out to you just in that first little synopsis of where we're at and what's going down? Um, well, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure why there's a group that's been planning to build these stones for 20 years. For 20 years. Like, that seems like that. a really long time, <laughs> um, especially when you look at, like, what the stones actually say. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems very odd. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, get into... I mean, I, I, I think, I think the you, biggest thing that, that stands out to me would be the catastrophic event because mm -hmm. i mean if you look at if you look at the location of um where this is it is nowhere close to the coastline so it's yeah. not like it's going to get hit by a hurricane um i don't believe georgia is really known for like tornadoes or anything so i yeah. i can't see why you need this to be able to withstand catastrophic events um, yeah. to me, it's, it's definitely an indication of this being like, um, planned as some sort of like end of times <laughs> kind of monument. Yeah. Well, it, it, so this is where, it, and this is where I'm going to interject with, with the documentary, because I noticed when reading over again, like we've said before, I, I have my own issues with Wikipedia, but as a base, like. A synopsis of a story, at least with history stories like this and stuff, it does pretty good. But this documentary went really in on it. And uh, so what happened here is, so Joe Finley, we're going to try and keep this straight because there will be a couple names we're going through tonight. So just to, to be clear, R.C. Christian is this person who came to Joe Finley's uh, company, which was specialized in granite, works on granite or anything granite, they're involved, right? Um, anyway, so R.C. Christian represents this group of uh, loyal Americans and <laughs> everybody in the town knows each other. We got to keep in mind, we, as we said, in 2010, the population was like 4,000, a little over four and a half thousand. Right. So at this time, I don't remember the exact details. I don't think it was mentioned what the exact uh, population number was, but it, everybody knew everybody is how it was described. And I was watching the documentary the guy, cause he, he, this guy actually got to go and interview some of the people prior to them passing away. Some have already passed away now since it's been released. Cause some of the footage that he had was from like 2007 and 10. So, I mean, some of the stuff you can't even talk to these people now because they're gone. 
Um, but what it, the one guy, what Joe was saying, and, and what uh, the next gentleman we're going to introduce here, which is Wyatt Martin, who ran the, he was the uh, head of the bank there, or like the president of that. He he was friends with Joe, and he knew him because obviously. It being what was it called the Granite Bank? I forget the exact name of the the bank. It had to do with granite. As you know, as the entire business, everything. We got granite benches. We got granite trees. We got <laughs> anything granite. We got it. Um, anyways, they all knew each other, and Joe actually called uh, Mr. Martin, or well, I'm going to call him Mr. Martin. So Wyatt Martin. Uh, up and let him know, hey, I got this. And he's, he referred to, I got this whack job over here trying to. <laughs> this is what he told us. I told him, I got a whack job over here who's on his way coming to you. Because obviously, after Joe and him talked and he accepted the, the, the outrageous price, uh, Joe was like, well, I guess I mean, go talk to the you know the bank and see what you can do and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so he let him know. He said, hey, you got a whack job coming your way. Is what he basically told him. He, he at this time, he still didn't the, entertain really the idea. I think this was going to happen. Even though Christian had delivered with him, he, he had brought these like small scale model. So he brought it right from the beginning. He had uh, 10 pages worth of specifications and, and had the whole little like a miniature model brought with him the first time. But that those are just, I mean, that's, you walked with some blocks, basically. It doesn't prove that you can pay for the granite that's got to be hewed out of the ground. And, I mean, it was going to be a very labor-tasking process. It wasn't going to be cheap on Joe's part. There's going to be a lot of upfront um, cost occurred by him. So he had to be sure, right, the money's going to take place. Um, so we're, this is where we meet Mr. Martin. Uh, he said that at this point in time, uh, R.C. Christian walks in. Said he was very well dressed, looked, you know, well put together, didn't look like a whack job, right? Shook his hand. They got talking a little bit, introduced himself as a Christian gentleman, and basically, in a nutshell, kind of told him the same things that he had told Finley already. And, and it, it said it. Now, the only thing I would make note of, uh, we'll get talking about in a second, is that he, when he talked to Joe, he said that he represented a small group of loyal Americans. Um, and then at one point he told Martin when they were having their interview that this was something that he had personally been thinking about for about 20 years. As far as what's written on the guidestones and just the specifications, he's been traveling the world and this is something he'd come up with. Anyways, he told Martin, he said the stones were supposed to be provide guidance after a nuclear fallout. So he actually told Martin in that initial meeting to decide whether he could get a loan and all this, that it was to be a guidance after nuclear fallout. Um, they had to bring in at this point in time, he, he went through some of the specifications. He, he, Martin let him know, like, cause as we'll get into, there's 10 different languages. Uh, I believe it's 10 on the stones written in 10 different languages. The, the guidelines of the, some refer to it as the 10 commandments or the, whatever you want to refer to them as, but there's 10 different languages. So they, he, he was going through it and saying, Hey, that, you know, like it's going to be properly aligned with the, the holes had to be properly aligned with astronomy and all this stuff. So he said that basically Martin, I'm like, this is going to be a little, this is going to be a lot more than just Joe down there at the granite shop, getting this put together. Right. We're getting this thing's going to be made of a compass, a calendar. It's going to be astronomically aligned. There was a little bit going into it, at least for myself listening to it. I was like, that, that's a lot of detail, right? I, to be fair, there was one person who gave a, a, she like worked at one of the universities and she was kind of talking about it. She was kind of snotty about it. Cause she was kind of like, it's not really that big of a deal to be able to like line up everything to be astronomy, whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man, those are some pretty big freaking stones. That's, you're like, yeah, you got to really wrong put move. some science into that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm certainly as a granite worker and I can know how to speak Swahili and Chinese and all this other stuff. So anyways, um, so 
Martin told him in that meeting, again, this is talking about the president of the bank. Martin told him, he said, listen, I don't care that I don't really know who you are, but to go forward with this, I've got, you got to tell me who you are. Like I, I, I need to know. Right. So, uh, he told Martin, Martin, actually, I'm sorry, RC Christian, the pseudonym tells Martin who he really is, but he said, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. He said, never tell who we are, not I, but we, so this is what he told me. He said, never tell him who we or I are. Uh, they had 20 years of planning for this, as we talked about for the betterment of mankind is how he basically said it. And Martin at this point told him, he said, well, for the amount of money it was going to cost, he said, don't you think it'd be just as good to like go toss some money in the street and like benefit the people that are here right now that one? And he goes, uh, RC kind of looked at him and said, you, you just don't get it. You don't get what, what this is about and what it's going to be. So anyways, they, uh, I think at this point, this is when RC told, um, Mr. Martin too. He said, I actually want you to be like my interim, what's that called? An intermediary or like a, you're going to head this yeah, project inter- up. In, yeah. Basically would be the representative for him and his organization. Correct. Right. Yeah. So that he didn't have to be there constantly in person. And at this time, Mr. Martin is the only one who knows his, his precise identity. So it is presumed. And from the interview with the gentleman gave, he actually got to talk directly to Wyatt Martin at this time. Wyatt Martin was, you know, very old gentleman at the time, but, um, from that point on was, was a gold oil. And actually in that little clip we played in the very beginning, that was him talking at the very end, talking about Mr. Race. Um, good old Southern Georgia boy kind of deal. Like take a man at his word, shake a hand, you know, that, that that's a deal for life. Right. Like, and he made it very clear and has, and I think he's passed, he might've passed away now. I should have looked that up, but has far as we know, planning on taking RC Christians, uh, real identity to the grave. Uh, I believe somebody said something that one time about them signing a document. I didn't see anything about that in the documentary. I don't know, Mike, in some of the research, if you looked up it, did you see anything about him having to sign like a, uh, like a disclosure or like a, what do you call it? What do they call those? Non-disclosure? Tri- uh, is it, is it, is it, a non-disclosure agreement? No, I don't believe so. But, um, <clears throat> I remember the, the one guy talking about, uh, how, the gentleman, because um, he actually interviewed the gentleman that that set this up for the guy yeah. at the bank, um, and he did not, you know, he didn't give anything away about like who this Oop. person was or anything mm-hmm. like that. So um, no, he's I don't know. He may very well guns. have signed a, a disclosure, or you know, he's mm-hmm. just a good old Georgia boy who actually holds his word. I know. Right? You know, you don't know. Yeah. And he even said that too. He said his presumption of him saying he was a Christian, he said he was well-dressed, you know, he, he took him at his word. Right. Um, what's interesting about this is some people think that the, the final location ended up being picked by RC and they knew they were going to go for all this time. And at one point they kind of did, they were supposed to originally go to a place called Hancock County. And I don't know how far away that is from uh, Elberton, but it was kind of the next County up. And of course, Martin knew that this was going to be a pretty big tourist attraction, or at least he was hoping it would be. And now he was going to bring in a ton of money for local business. So RC ended up charging Martin, Mr. Martin. Again, Mr. Martin, Wyatt Martin, the, the head of the bank here, the president of the bank, did a ton of the work for him as far as um, finding the location. He picked out five different locations, none of which worked out. But he, he was out there really doing this work. This wasn't even like RC being there. It was just them corresponding and then figuring it out. 
Uh, the final location came, uh, seems to have come from a prominent citizen within the community, a gentleman named Frank Coggins. Now, that name's going to come up a little bit later for a reason I'll, I'll mention in the future. But Frank Coggins, uh, fun fact about him, there was a picture of himself and the former first lady, Rosalind Carter. I know that doesn't do much for you, but... Uh, you now know that. Uh, the Coggins have a long and prosperous history in the Elberton granite industry. Frank was also a personal friend and longtime employer of Joe Finley's, which was the, the gentleman who was approached initially by R.C. Christian. Now, here's where we come in another gentleman named Wayne Mullicks, uh, which was a rancher who lived most of his life. It sounds like his family and everything lived on this property, which ends up being the final location. And the reason that it ended up becoming the final location is because Wayne uh, Mullicks there had worked with Joe. Again, everybody's kind of worked together, but had worked with him, uh, had a contracting company or a, a, like doing mechanical work, setting foundations mainly. And so Joe had already decided he was going to hire him to do his foundation, talking about Mullicks here. And... They were, he, he was, said we were coming up to a due date to where like, you know, concrete's got to have a certain amount of time to cure. So they said, hey, we need to pick a location soon here, right? And they still hadn't settled on anything. So at this point, this is when uh, Mullick's offered to, um, to Finley, I almost forgot his last name for a second, for, to Joe, said, hey, what about my property? He mentioned he pointed out a spot, <clears throat> I guess it's one of the highest points in Elberton County, just happened to be. I'm sorry. Did you want to say something? I'm sorry. I no, I was just. I, I pretty. I thought it was the highest. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. I, I don't. I, it isn't marked in my notes, but I'm almost dead positive. I had heard that it happened to be one of the highest points and locations. Yeah, because I, the spot I believe, that it, I believe it was. Yeah, because the spot that uh, Christian or RC Christian had looked at originally, the guy that came into town there, out in I think it was Hancock County or whatever, he he had one spot he really liked, but what the problem was it was very wooded. And he said, "I want this to be able to be seen for like, you know." a mile or two around. I want people to, it needs to be like in an open area. Excuse me. It needs to, to be well seen. Um, so anyways, uh, Mr. Martin from the bank goes out there, talks to Joe. Joe says, Hey, I got a piece of property. Let's go look at it. And I guess RC himself came in, looked at it for one day and was like, love it. Perfect. And then left. So this was kind of how he was able to get in and out of this town without people really having to deal with him is that he was with Martin consistently. Um, <clears throat> So anyways, uh, Joe hired, you know, put in the massive foundation. Uh, oh, one fun thing I do want to note. Now, this is going to come up a couple times, and it, and it kind of has to do with the, the subject as a whole. Uh, both Joe and Wayne, so Wayne Mullix, not Wayne Martin, both Joe and Wayne are both in the Masons and Shrines and... Uh, Oh, yeah. And I've mentioned they've been friends for years and years, obviously, so they, again, knowing each other all the time, but they were both in the Masons and the Shriners. So you're going to end up seeing this being a reoccurring thing. Matter of you're fact, talking almost, about Freemasons, correct? Yes, the Freemasons. Yep. Um, almost every single person involved in building this, except for the exception of Wayne Martin himself, was a Freemason. A Christian and a Freemason is how the one guy, we'll, we'll get to him a little bit later, a caretaker now, whose dad helped sandblast the uh, the, the words into the, the granite. He said, listen, all these people saying this is some sort of satanic thing and all that. You know, it's not really the case where they worked on this was either, you know, was a Christian and a, a Freemason. He did did confirm that, that everybody was a Freemason. Um, and this isn't me specifying my own opinion one way or the other. I'm just telling the story here, trying to lay out a good foundation. Then you and I can kind of really go into it. Um, so anyways, so... They pick out the location, um, made sure it was, oh, and this is one of the things that Mr. Uh, RC did. So he, he buys the five acres and he gave 
him uh, lifetime grazing rights. So they bought this this five acre plot on Mr. Mullenick's property and said you can have lifetime grazing rights that would be um, what's that called grandfathered down even to your children. So like for generations, whoever your family, whoever lives there, they'll have grazing rights. Now, one thing he did do though is he made sure that it was deeded to Elberton County, said it would be the longest uh, lasting organization. So he originally. I think it was going to be deeded to Molnix or Molinex, something like that. And he didn't, the RC called up and said, Hey, let's make sure this is deeded to Elberton County itself, because obviously that's going to be the most long tenured thing, right? I mean, somebody could move or whatever. So it, it is deeded to the city, the city or the county, I should say, owns it. Um, so soon after this, this is when it becomes a lightning rod. Um, now before I get into that, before we get into that, let's talk about what well, you already gave the dimensions and you gave how, just how massive yeah. this sucker was, right? Yeah. It's freaking huge. It is, yeah, it is very big. Um, I guess what we could do now is, let me, no, I got 10 laws listed here, so let's do this. So soon after it's built and unveiled, it becomes a lightning rod for the occult and witchcraft. Martin stated getting the monthly witchcraft magazine and people wanting to purchase it that claim to either be a witches or warlocks. First of all, I didn't know there was a monthly witchcraft magazine. Fun little note there. Like back when magazines were still a thing, you'd be like, "Man, I just can't wait to get my." I don't know. I still get magazines. I never freaking read them, but I still get them. I didn't even know anybody's. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, occasionally, occasionally, I feel like our generation is kids with the last generation, like late nineties, early two thousands. Digital magazines are they make way more sense too. Yeah, I still Remember don't the read those though. One from back in the day. <laughs> Who, if you if you're listening to this right now, you're you're over twenty, if not in your thirties, if not a little older. If you're if you didn't have a finger hut in your parents' bathroom growing up, are you even American? Let's be honest. I'm pretty sure they're pretty like <laughs> wide, like spread around the United States. Pretty sure. Mm. Uh, just drinking my uh, cranberry raspberry. Uh, Juice over there. Just juice, by the way. Grisberry raspberry. That's new. Yeah. Welcome, man. We're talking about that. Anyways. All right. Ten laws. Let's get into it. I'm going to have you read the ten laws in just a second here. So if you want to get to that spot for yourself so that you can at least read it. Already there. Okay, perfect. I want to give a little bit of a background before we get into really read them. So uh, R.C. said that that his – I'm sorry. R.C. said from his studies that – was a good number with wait one second here trying to read my own handwriting what in the world what what in the world okay <laughs> every time we do this every time i have my own handwriting i'm like who the french toast dude is that a little prejudice do you think that every time we kind of talk about someone being stupid we give them we'll give them a little southern doll and we is that wrong is that kind of like um, What's that called when you just consider a group from an area? <laughs> I feel you don't know. You get what I'm saying though. I think Dolly Parton yeah, talked about this. I, that I people with Southern accents saying. are always considered less intelligent, and that's not really fair. I don't think that's. Re- yeah, I mean, it's not really true, but it's not true. It's probably just like they probably imitate a Northern accent when they're <laughs> <laughs> making <laughs> fun. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the same way. Um. Anyways. Oh Jesus! What'd you do? I just bumped the table oh, like okay. real bad. Anyways, R.C. said that his studies that were of a good number with uh, adequate resources. So uh, this is this is where it gets interesting. He, he, he based some of his reasoning. I'm going to talk about something that happens after the the publishing of, of these these guidestones. Um, 
you know what? Actually, you know what? Let's let's do this. Let's talk about what's on the stones because this kind of gets into what's going on after. So let's for the fun of it, let's let's talk about the, the guide stones themselves. So as we mentioned, they are a compass, they are a calendar, they are a clock. Um they're very massive. They're I think total, what was it, nineteen foot three inches? I think was the top height or something yeah. somewhere in there. Nineteen foot three inches. There it is, yeah. So nineteen foot three inches, and now that's counting from the ground to the top of the cap like there's a capstone that kind of sits on top. Um, and we'll make sure to have, obviously we have the Wikipedia page here has many pictures you can look at. Um, so yeah, Micah, so what are the, what are the guide stones? What are, what is this, what are these lists of guides? Or, All right. So, so first, uh, it's, it's a message consisting of set of 10 guidelines or principles, uh, engraved on the stones. Uh, it's in eight different languages. Uh, one language on each face of the four large upright stones. So they have all 10 in one language on one side of the stone and then another language on the other side and so on and so forth through all, um, all of the stones. So it says, um, moving clockwise around the structure from due north, these languages are English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. Clearly traditional. We want traditional. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Well, it's got to um, so be, be traditional. Let's go ahead. And um, when so, you go to read these, just read. Well, we'll read them all the way through. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. That's the whole point of what I was going to say is that uh, we'll just read them all the way through for you guys so you can hear before we give any opinion on them, I guess. So go ahead. Sure. Uh, so the first guideline given is maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetuation in perpetual balance with nature number two guide reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity if that number slums. three so i just couldn't <laughs> jesus you made it two uh, it's kind of my point All right, number ahead. three unite humanity with a living new language Emojis. Number four. <laughs> Sorry, Rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Number five. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials is number seven. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Number 10, and the last one, is be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Really they want the you to day. leave room for nature. <laughs> <coughs> I guess they were asked about that too. Like, was that a typo? Like, just, just like, you know what? I started already with the L. I ain't stopping now. But no, I did. <laughs> like the way that they wanted it. Um, yeah. So I guess before we completely dive into these, because I, 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 we, I do want to do that. Um, let's, let's. Well, let, I guess we can a little bit. Let's let's talk about it, and then we'll talk about what what Mister RC Christian, this this mysterious person who represents other mysterious people, um, dealing makes with this, sense, right? The loyal, very loyal Americans. 
on the far <laughs> southern side. Loyal, very loyal Americans that put in eight in, or seven other languages besides English, which we all know is basically the only language that <laughs> Americans really speak or, and or read. Um, so, yeah, very, very loyal. Very yeah. loyal. Plus eight. Or seven. Plus seven. <laughs> we're, we're loyal to those seven, too. Um, um, well, let's start with the first one. This The first one. That 500 million. Well, at the time, too. In 1980, we, it was a little over four billion. It was 4.7 uh, billion, I think. Yeah. I was going to say, we can't separate it from the time that it was taking place. Um, so so let, let's just go ahead and do that less. still. You're still talking about over four billion yeah, it's people. Like one and eight or something, right? Is that right? No, it's probably a little bit less than that. But it's, it's quite a bit. It's billions well, of people would need to die. Three, three and a half billion, right? No, over four billion. Four point two billion people oh. would would be gone to get to that yeah, magical right, five hundred million yeah. number. Well, it's quite a few. Now, it, to, okay, to be fair, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. When he had the meeting with Mr. Martin at the bank, he did say this was meant to be guidestones or, or, or a guidance for after nuclear fallout. So now are they saying that, hey, humans have become a bit of a um, infestation. We're using up our resources. We're also, this is the 1980s. We were at the height of the Cold War. Well, maybe that's a whole other topic. We're, we're at the height of the Cold War, you know, wearing your kill a commie shirt and everything on. You know, there was real talk and real concern of nuclear uh, war between us and Russia. They had the little fallout sites. That's fair. I mean, I'm just saying, so to play devil's advocate here, we'll keep going. It's with this point one. So that one right there is, is concerning. Um, now, the guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, that, <laughs> like, right, part of it I agree with. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I would yeah, say, feel? I would say uh, improving <laughs> fitness that's a that's a good thing to strive for uh, yeah, we as americans club, we do but, uh, not believe we do not believe in fitness we believe in maintaining um body mass yeah so i believe what was it like 87 percent or something like that of americans it's, are technically overweight yeah uh it's Our pretty, it's controls pretty a little high out of hand yeah <laughs> It's yeah, a pretty edge. Although it's not, that's that's a it's a good thing to have, and not having the opposite problem of not enough. Um, yeah, but yes, I mean it agreed. does. It does ultimately. That, it does make us wasteful people. I won't. It I won't does. take anything away from that because Americans are. We're like, oh well, I don't feel like eating this, so I'm just gonna throw it in the garbage. Yeah, I don't even know if it's all Americans. Like, that's friggin' ridiculous. But I think it's when you reach a certain comfort level, no matter the society you live in. But if you reach a comfort level where food is not a concern, it's not a real like, dude, this could be my last meal for a couple of days. Yeah, you kind of are like, yeah, I just go for my fourth helping at the all you can eat buffet here. You know, just get you in, make every chair, sit down with a fork. <laughs> or when you just like, you just if you if you're comfortable enough where you don't have to worry about where the next meal is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and you now, just simply don't like the taste of something. You don't eat it. There's it. plenty of countries that it doesn't matter if it literally tasted like your turd, mm. they're going to eat it because it might be like you just said, it might be the last thing they get to eat yeah, for multiple know. days. Well, I think um, what's interesting about some of this with the, the guide stones here, the, 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 I'm going to call them commandments as they are, but they're not really, they're, they're 
guiding principles here. Um, they sound kind of good on the the surface. The most the most like uh, I guess abrasive one is the the five hundred million. But at first, when you hear a guide reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity, you're like, oh yeah, fitness diversity. But listen to the word guide and then wisely. You're you're guiding, so it's not reproduction like reproduce wisely. It doesn't say that. It just says guide reproduction wisely. In my mind, guide hits the idea kind of like, I don't know how much you've read up or looked into. I think it's called, um, is it called agent? Eugenics. I think it's called eugenics, eugenics or eugenics. It's the idea of literally taking like what the Pharaohs used to do back. Changing DNA. Yeah. And since they couldn't do it back in the old days, you, you, specifically Basically, yeah if you had like certain weaknesses you just got rid of the baby yeah you killed them but you also tried to breed you you kept families within incest. power breeding within each other yeah not always incest though for example this but, is just a yeah you're talking oh, about like Sorry. someone you want someone tall and you want right. someone you're strong purposely, so you would like, have someone tall and someone who's super strong mm-hmm. mate so that exactly would, we would end up trying to kind of Breed like, that who, into who was that terrible person just recently? I don't remember them, but it was like the beginning of this year, last year. I think it was the end of last year that was trying to pay. Like they don't have enough money as it is, but he was trying to pay LeBron James and I think it was Serena Williams to like donate a sperm and donate an egg so they could make a baby from them because he was like it'd be the super athlete, it'd be just this unbelievably freak of a nature kind of athlete. Not saying he's wrong. But just in my my opinion, and I, I could be overstepping my bounds here, obviously, because we, we all know I'm a professional at this time of year. Professor, and I knew all about eugenics. But the guiding guide, per, you know, wisely part, to me, is a little troublesome. Well, I think it could also be kind of like, um, I mean, obviously, the, the first one that it states is keeping the population at 500 million. Yeah, they kind of court. So it could be like angle. a China thing where they're just like, hey, you're not allowed to have more than one kid. Well, and that's, um, that's kind of my point is that, I, well, it depends where you're at, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying there's not some talk there to for sure have, cause I don't think you should be having children you can't take care of. I, I absolutely believe that. Excuse me. But what's concerning to me is the, the guide part, I guess, is it, it represents control to me, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, yeah. And also, I mean, this whole thing represents control. Yeah, well, it's supposed um, to be, guidance. I mean, well, it's, it's even a, the it's next a one. guy. Yeah. It's a, but it's a guy. Like that's the whole point of it is to. Yeah is to like guide people right. to do what they want. Um, yeah. Unite well, humanity ex- with a living new language. Um, yeah. Never going to happen. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe <laughs> if you have 500 million people, you could do that. Yeah, you could probably but pretty easily do that. Right now we're what? Set almost seven and a half or so billion people. It's not going to happen. Nobody is. Well, we're never going to reach a, a day and age where everyone speaks the same language. Yeah. Um, especially since it's saying a living new, I, I'm not quite that sure. Is interesting verbiage, living right? the new way it's language. Worded. Yeah. It's not, I mean, I know there's like even... dead languages, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, Latin is a dead gal- language. No, um, Latin's not dead. Well, yes. Nobody, not, nobody no, fluently it's... speaks Latin yeah, as an entire country. I don't think that's true. It's not a thing. I, not in a country. Okay. That was to say. People do taught, speak Latin. Sure. Yeah, it's taught in but, classes in universities, whereas like Gaelic is not really ca- taught at universities as much. You know what I mean? Now, it's made a big comeback, but 20 years ago, I think it was 20, 25 years ago, Gaelic was nearly a dead language, right? So I guess what I'm saying is that, that I do feel, just to be clear, I do think that Latin 
it is the root of all words. It is where language came from. So that's why when they're like when those smart little kids are up there trying to spell words, like can you give the using a sentence and what is the Latin? You know, like the derivative. If you can trace it back to the Latin, I think how Dad always explained it was if you could trace it back to the 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 root of the Latin term, you could spell almost anything. Could totally be wrong in that. Could be talking about where you ran, but like I feel like that came back in my memory for a second. Uh, Anyways, I mean, either way. Um with a living new language, I don't know if that means like, hey, let's create a new language or let's just adopt a different, you know, yeah. language and, and make like a that mixture of the them. universal. Uh, then you number for all rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. That's probably now, the most I don't know why you want it on there. Uh, Besides the rule. Like, it's ruling. It's the why, What do you need to rule that for, though? Well, it's, it's, it's passion. You control you the people to make sure that they're not getting... control passion. That's what makes it passion passion faith why are you now now you're now you're you're and he did specify you gotta think mr rc said that this these were these words weren't just like tossed out there like i don't know like they thought about this for like 20 years i I truly believe they very carefully um chose their their verbiage on this i don't think it's it's some of this is very like open ended too. You know what I mean? There's not like you, like you're saying it's, a, it's le- a lot is left of speculation on this because it isn't. We can't look at it and go, well, it absolutely says that. It's kind of like you're saying. Had it just said, you know, passion, faith, tradition, and all things tempered reason. Well, that's a good rule, right? But like rule passion, <laughs> you know, it's like just that one word. It's like, did you did you mean like is that word? What it, it means? It, 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 means like, it means rule. Yeah. Like it, like what the definition of rule means. Yeah, I'm sure it does. He also um, said too. <coughs> excuse me, as we're reading through this, he did mention to Martin that none of this was political. Like this has no political reasoning behind it. This we're just loyal. I believe Americans, they also Christians. said it wasn't religious, right? It wasn't not it had no religion to it. It was not yeah. political, Mm-mm. so on and so forth. Bullcrap. But okay, I, well, especially like the um, next one, like this one right here. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Well, actually, to be uh, fair, I'm fine with that one. That one's actually that one I'm fair, actually fine with. Depending um, on, I mean, that's basically what, what like NATO yeah, does now. Um, mm. You know, the UN, if yeah. they weren't so freaking corrupt. But um, s- let oh, all sorry. nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. That's number six. So number six is more, in my opinion, like the, the UN kind of thing, right? Yes, no. It's, I mean, they're number five and six, I feel like, kind of, kind of tie fit with that. that. But number five and six are basically... The same thing, are they not? But, but we kind of do. Like, that. I do agree a little bit with the, the let all nations rule internally, right? Resolving, I do believe that that you should be left to like. I love the United States, right? But like, man, has she stuck her nose where it shouldn't have been over the years sometimes? Um, and resolving external disputes in a world court, I suppose that's a good rule of thumb. Versus, hey, push this button, let's go to war. <laughs> yeah, but um, but here's here's to, one thing real quick though. Yeah. What happens? Um, when someone decides to not involve a world court, what does the entire world declare war on them? Or well, that's kind of like North Korea, right? What's, I mean, it's, <clears throat> what's sorry, the so, ramifications behind Terrorists. not following this kind of stuff? <laughs> you get um, I, 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 I'm, I'm sort of I'm sort of fine with five and six, yeah. but number to seven, a certain definitely. extent, I don't. I think. As long as as long as it, it stays that way, and you know, nations ruling internally. Yeah. Um, and then resolving external disputes in a world court. But that you can't give too much power to the world court because, you know, just like 
the federal government. You can't give yeah. too much power to them. Otherwise, yeah. it causes its own problems. But what's weird about this is it talks about how letting all nations rule internally, right? Resolving the external disputes in world court. That was number six. But number seven, right after that, is avoid petty laws and useless officials. hundred uh, percent. Uh, I am fully behind number seven. I, I, I suppose. But again, it's so open-ended. Here, here's the problem with it. Here's what I would say. Now, I, as a reading it, totally makes sense at first. You're like, yes. But then you think about it. It's like, well, what are considered petty laws? Is the First Amendment? Is um, the Second Amendment? Is it, you know, what, what are we qualifying as a petty law? I mean, right? I would say petty, so it's, it's petty would be like... to interpretation is my point. Obviously, if I mean, we're in grand, a post-apocalyptic okay. scenario, we're not gonna, we may not even have the, uh, who knows what's going on. <laughs> but my point Pe- being... A petty law nowadays, I would say, would be like um, speed limit. Wearing a wearing a safety belt while you drive. Yeah, that's a petty, petty law. Yike. That's petty. No, that's petty because there you, you drive a motorcycle. You don't have a seatbelt. You you throw a bunch of children in a freaking school bus. No seatbelts. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, but yet that you're part. going to you're going to write a ticket to someone for not wearing a yeah. seatbelt in their own car by their <clears> own choice. I would say that's, what I that's petty. More, what I would consider more petty sometimes is like the no parallel parking or this in this parking lot you can't park backwards you have to pull in you're not allowed to back in like well a lot of times like those that. aren't laws um those no, are just you can get private useless officials like the guy riding around giving a ticket out uh not, not um, all people I would tickets, be, but i'm saying behind like number that. seven i would be more concerned about the useless officials portion yeah, that is because needed. Uh, what what do you define as the officials are That's you talking saying, about there's the a police lot of open department um, are you talking about, you know, are you just talking about like most politicians? Mm-hmm. Because if you're talking about just most politicians, <laughs> yeah. then I'm a hundred percent behind you. Right. But nowadays, I mean, like if you, if you think about like the whole, like the defund the police movement and all that bullcrap, mm-hmm. they consider the police useless officials. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it that way. I think the police are very necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have the police, someone, someone is always going to have that role. Now, if you want that role yeah. to be, uh, organization like the police that are mostly good, there's <laughs> bad apples, but they're yeah. mostly good. They mostly have what's best for the community in their mind. Um, or would you prefer to have like, say a freaking mafia well, as I say, that's that what, I mean, you think about it. Because that's basically the, what would happen. Yeah. And you got taken care of and you gave your cutter back and you had a mercenary or whatever. Yeah. They, like you're saying, it will end up one way or the other. Someone, there has to be or an order. You'll end or, up, you'll end up with a martial law and then the military yeah. will be the police. Well, and that's number eight is the interesting one. Balance personal rights with social duties. Uh, uh, I so, take uh, issue with that one a little bit. I don't know. I, I mean... To a certain because extent, this, I agree with it. Rights. It's not even like personal things you want to do. Like I would like to shoot people in the face, or like I like dissecting people. Like that's not a right. It well, clearly says, but it doesn't. Personal rights with social duties. Yeah, and and your your personal right to the First Amendment is your personal right. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's a nation right, right? But it is your personal right. It gives you a personal right to speak your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a personal right of yours. Your social duties, you know, like voting or something like that. I, I could, it, but given the right definition under social duties, 
mm-hmm. and personal rights, I can totally be behind that one. Yeah, but what's um, weird is it's kind of pitting them against each other versus like you should have right to both. It's kind of like saying you need to balance an individual's personal well, rights here's, and social yeah, duties. Here's where here's where I here's where I I would agree with you, and I take. I take uh umbridge. I take great um, yeah. umbridge. I take umbridge to number eight. Um is because like you just said, your balance it says balance personal mm-hmm. rights with social yeah, duties. It's not that you're getting now, both. Yeah, I, I think well, I don't know that it's not necessarily yes and no, but like I think the way that it's portraying social duties here is mm-hmm. like well, how big is um, duty, you think? You know, say like um the Green New Deal kind of thing where so it's a pretty big if deal. you freaking litter, you know, like it, it, you're going to have social duties for like emissions of your car or whatever it might be. be pretty big then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you have some really big. Do you think they'll put like something in place in public where if you got to take care of those social duties, you can do them? public or uh, i'm sorry i've been like the whole time like plugging duties and it wasn't really getting through so let's uh keep making real points versus me being a five-year-old i don't think we'll ever get past that no uh number nine prize truth new world beauty love seeking harmony with the infinite now what is the mother trucking infinite well it says right there it's pretty simple prize truth Beauty, <laughs> YOLO, love, seeking harmony with infinite. Yeah, very open ended there. <laughs> so I mean, it's like almost like there should have been more like infinite. I, I, but I, I the infinite. I, I can I can get down with. I I like the, I like truth. Price truth. I like the love. As long as it's um, truth, not just a made up. We accept this. Not now. our truth. Social duties. Yeah, truth. It's, it's my truth. Well, remember those uh, duties are big. No, there, there is the truth, and that's it. Um, there's not the whole my truth well, thing. It doesn't, it's not a real thing. Uh, yeah, we're it's not going to get not, into it, but there's certain not things truth. perspectively and then truth could, there sure, are but when you when you start a sentence off person. of my truth is, um, it's probably yeah. not the truth. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Uh, so truth I think is, is a great, uh, yeah. I, in fact, I, 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 personally believe that honesty is one of the best qualities that a human being can have um i've i've not really met any anybody that well i mean honest some people are honest and they're they're buttholes would, and they're just an honest butthole this is where you can come back this is where you can come back to the uh the whole you know uh, rule, passion, faith, tradition and all things tempered reason so you got a tempered reason with your 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 truth there i guess I mean, you know, but, but the beauty part is interesting. I, that to me, that echoes back to the whole kind of, that, that echoes back to the improving thing. fitness and diversity and the yeah. guiding reproduction wisely. Um, so basically we're going to start calculating them freaking DNA molecules. That's said, we're going to be making, we're going to make everybody world. beautiful. I don't know how I, I mean, I'm, I'm over here like, what you think with a big social duty or with your smoothie? <laughs> I'm clearly not going to be in that 500 million. They're like, hey, you know what? That guy's not in the next group. Seeking harmony with the infinite. Now, yeah, I'm, parts. what is the infinite? Well, it, I, 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 is it is it referring to like, um, you know, a higher being like God or like well, what? It, I, what is the only what thing would I could, you? I mean, like that's very. 
it doesn't define infinite. I think it kind of ties into number 10, which is be not a cancer on earth, leave room for nature, leave room for nature. Perhaps he feels, or whoever wrote this, and we're going to get into some... That nature is the infinite? Kind of. Because it, you think about a tree or like the a river, the oceans, how long they've been around in existence. It's not yeah, infinite but not necessarily. Infinite. No, but they're infinite in the grand scheme of things compared and to even, a human being. Even science will tell you that the <clears throat> the earth is not infinite. It's going to die at some point. Yeah. Um, but to be clear, number nine, very open-ended on the end. I do feel like it should have been like seeking harmony with the infinite. Uh, I don't know. Something infinite duties. <laughs> <That's so social. laughs> I've had diarrhea since Wednesday. <laughs> God, I love Nacho Libre. Let us know Nobody if you got, got that. Like, if you got that reference. Oh, you just freaking said it, mother trucker. I, oh, I didn't know we were doing I a prize drawing the for the person who, my well, I wasn't planning on doing that. Uh, but speaking of prize drawings, we should probably do some type of, like, oh, yeah. giveaway well, we talked for, about that in the introduction. We talked yeah, about we, that. Okay. Yeah. We, talked we totally about know. That. Yeah, that we totally future, know that we already talked about which that. Which is the past now, which will be our um, future, which is your your, your past. I think I'm about. I'm totally okay with number ten. I don't like I don't see any problem with it. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I think I think people all of them. the morons that you know chuck their crap out their car windows and stuff mm -hmm. like that. They don't really give a flying fudge stick. I do have a problem with those people. Yeah, I'm um, not going to lie. I am I not seen... the tree hugger type <laughs> that's like, hey, you need to like spend another $5,000 on this car so you can add this electronic emissions thing yeah. so that you can decrease the emissions that your car produces by 0.01%. Let's keep um, making windmills but, because we can't yes. even, you know, properly dispose of the blades. a bunch of freaking birds. Cut off sharks. Um, and, yeah. Anyways, yes. Point being, yeah. There's there's plenty of problems with with certain things, but mm -hmm. other times that you try to fix those problems, Again, you're creating other problems. The only thing I would uh, say with this is where it says, "Be not a cancer on earth." Now, what I would say about all these guidestones or <laughs> these rules or guidance, whatever, very open to interpretation. Extremely. What well, I mean, what is what qualifies as being a cancer on earth? Are we Nazis. saying having? The Nazis, they is a cancer. So you, well, I am, I am screwed. You're screwed. What do you say? Yeah, a lot of people. Well, I'm not like you're saying you're not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. But there's, I mean, a lot of people would probably. Well, you can't say that. Classify me as a Nazi. But what I'm saying is, my political view makes me a neo-Nazi. Did you not know that? But that's not just not not saying it's not a relevant conversation. But yeah, let's get out of the politics. Maybe, well, okay. well, as I say, no, we will we'll get we'll, not at least for this one, at least. Um, so be not a cancer on earth. So what like, to me is that saying like if you had two or three kids, like instead of one, are you a cancer now on earth? Are you you know killing it? Anyways, um, so those are the, those are the ten rules. And again, like we said, he said it had nothing to do with politics or religion. But I feel like I did. I feel like a lot of it was like, hey, these useless laws and officials, just courts. And like, that's a lot of law right there, buddy. That's a lot of like law and order. And then not necessarily religion. I'll give them that. Ooh, I, don't think I actually huge, did not but... see this portion. Did you? There's a time capsule buried under the tablet. Yeah, we, we can go into that if you want, if you want to talk about that really quick. And then I'll, I'm going to give some more description. So why don't we read that? Because that is off to the side. Yeah, this is a few feet to the west of the monument. An additional granite ledger has been set level with the ground. This tablet yeah. identifies the structure and the languages used uh, on it, uh, used on it lists various facts about the size, weight, astronomical features, 
and the stones, the date it was installed, and the sponsors of the project. It also refers to a time capsule buried beneath, uh, buried under the tablet, but bank, blank spaces on the stone intended for filling in the dates on which mm. the capsule was buried and is to be opened has been has not been inscribed. Dun, dun, dun. So it is uncertain if the time capsule was ever actually put in place. Yeah. Mystery number Ooh. one. Number two, I guess. Mystery so number two. So I guess two. we got to tear it down and see if it's there. I don't know. Uh, the complete a... text of the explanatory tablet is detailed below. The tablet is somewhat inconsistent with respect to punctuation and misspelled word pseudonym. Yeah, I, yeah, the, two the original spelling, <laughs> punctuation, and the line breaks in the text have been preserved in the transcription, which follows. So, my question is if you spent the amount of money that it took to build this mother trucker would you be okay with people misspelling well it's sandblasted which you can't just go back and you're gonna replace that piece of granite well i believe let me look at it well well, i don't know man i mean this sucker's huge um yeah but you should have inscribed all this stuff before you place it um, you said it well, after that. T- t- fair. Uh, what happened is it was it was just the misspelled word because he put uh, where's it at? I was trying to pull it up in the pictures, but it was where he said pseudonym, uh, or it should have been. How did they misspell it? They misspelled it by putting. Did he put two two ends, or did he put an uh, N? I'm not sure. Well, here's something close, and I couldn't even get out of the pictures. I was trying to figure out how to get out of that. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he put two N's instead of, or I'm sorry, yeah, put an M. Or maybe he did two N's. Either way, the point I being, because if it was just an N, I feel like he could add the extra little, little, like... I don't see know. the actual, like, where it was written, where it's misspelled. No. Well, anyways, um, so this is where we're at right now, right? It's been unveiled. This is how big it is. These are the guides that are on there. And from that, as we should have, I guess, read before I mentioned about becoming a lightning rod for the, the occult in witchcraft. Excuse me. Um, it was revealed and then everybody seen everything about it. And it was like, oh, some were really into it. Some weren't into it. And uh, we have a little more information. And I don't have the letter. Micah, did you happen to hear when Martin mentioned they were having issues with people, you know, trying to deface it and stuff that RC wrote another letter to him? trying to About, explain yeah, that it was not a satanist thing and yeah we really went into depth so on, on that so yes so from that he makes it like very clear that it has nothing to do with religion like you're talking about it's not a satanist thing blah 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 blah. but in 1986 rc christian published a book called common sense renewed he sent a copy to every single member of the U.S. Congress and several thousand political officials, as well as shapers of public opinion throughout the world. Well, that kind of seems like you're going for something there. Um, he tied his work to Thomas Paine's and his revolutionary pamphlet, Common Sense. Um, so right here, I actually have, I have a little something I just want to read. I have a uh, there, mother trucker. Here we go. I'm going to read just a little bit of this. Um, this is kind of like, when you read this, it makes you, I don't know, to me, it really makes you wonder. All right. Hey, this is, this is, I will also post this, uh, the, the link 
to this. This is actual copy of the book. So I have a PDF that I'm going to read off of really quick. It's on uh, page 10 of his, I believe at the time there's been different, um, what's it called when you renew it was the editions. There've been updated editions, but this was one of the original ones. So page 10 says reproduction is no longer exclusively a personal matter. Society may have a voice and some power of direction. I'm sorry. Society must have a voice and some power of direction in the regulating in regulating this vital function. The desires of human couples are very important, but they must not neglect to consider to consider, um, but they must not neglect a consideration of the society at large. The general welfare of the, of this and future generations must be given increasing consideration as we develop plans for rational guidance of our procreation. Um, Another thing, I'll, I'll read just a little bit, probably, because it, it's it's interesting. He says, "No person should be brought into the world unwanted and unneeded. No child should be conceived through carelessness. If each life is to have value, every conception must be part of an ordered plan of two parents. I'm sorry, an ordered plan of two parents who are aware of their responsibilities to this child and society." It is vitally important that each national government have a considered population policy in quotation marks. They, the need is urgent and should be take and should take procedure. I'm sorry, should take precedence over other problems, even those relating to national defense. Population control is a global problem and the action of one nation far reaching have far reaching effects on others. Overcrowding human beings in conditions of squalor and ignorance is dehumanizing it is an evil which must not be tolerated. Each nation must consider the present and future availability of all resources required for its long-continued survival. With proper allowance for the interchange of commodities that are overabundant in some areas and scarce in others. So, um, I, I could keep reading, but it, it's kind of the same same idea. He, he's very much so pushing the idea that... Uh, I'm leave the oh, very last the new part. world order. Let's Nations with optimum pop, optimum populations can provide comfort and education for their own citizens and can give assistance to others. They can be good world citizens. World citizens. Yeah. Nations which are overcrowded and poverty-stricken are problems for the entire world community. There are still significant reserves of fossil fuels and minerals resources sufficient for perhaps for a century of adjustment. So, that's just some of what he wrote in this book that he sent to all of our Congress members and rule shapers of the public opinion. Uh, so, I did find where going, they sir. messed up uh, pseudonym. Um, literally, they missed the last hump on the M. Oh, so they could have totally added it? They, they could just fix it. <laughs> I think like, no like problem. That. Just like that, they could fix mm. it. Um, yeah, but once it was in the ground, how are you going to... I don't know, maybe you could... You could just go back out could, there like, and around it to like write properly. Maybe it'd be hard. Um, I don't see how it's any different than originally well, sandblasting it, but like, uh, literally the M on the end. Um, they just missed the the last hump. They made it an N instead of an M. It'd be super easy to fix. But why is it not? <laughs> like. Uh, I feel like that's almost, it almost has to be on purpose. Does it not? I don't know. I, maybe, I don't know. 
It he could have been like me, and I would have thought the word been like pseudonym. Mm. I heard the mm sound at the end. I feel like pseudonym. Maybe he got that yeah. But after pseudonym. it after it came to light that it was misspelled, that I, should be like yeah, I don't know when that first was thing. <laughs> let's go fix that crap. Notice right away. Um, so, anyways, after he sends this book out to everybody, <clears throat> he went on to say that a few generations of single child families will make possible dramatic improvement in living standards. Excess childbearing often results in degradation and poverty. A reduction in total numbers is essential to maximizing the potential of every human being, as we just talked about a second ago. He goes on to say, and I quote, irresponsible parenting has always been wrong, wrong. The increasing population pressure will soon require society to regard it as a punishable social crime. The Georgia Guidestones Monument encourages humanity to establish a limit for human numbers. Let us teach our leaders to achieve it. End of quote. The age of reason concept, um, I guess it's a, uh, oh, it's kind of a, the, the one guy said it's like a, a, a denunciation of Christianity. So if you were to look at um, Thomas Paine's idea of the age of reason, I think that was the first one. Is it the age of, which one did I just say? The age of reason concept. Yeah. So if we're to really quickly, I want to read a quick synopsis of what the age of reasons, um, what it kind of believes in. So it says that uh, the age of reason being an investigation of true and fabulous theology is a, is a work by English and American political activist, Thomas Paine, arguing for the phil- philosophical position of deism, uh, which is, uh, I believe that's the philosophical position that rejects revelation as a source of religious knowledge and asserts that that reason and observation of natural world are sufficient to establish the existence of, of supreme being or creator of the universe. <clears throat> so it follows in the tradition of the 18th century British, British deism and challenges institutionalized religion and legitimacy of the Bible. It was published in three parts in 1894, I'm sorry, <laughs> 1794, 1795 and 1807. So it's kind of interesting that he, if you remember correctly, when he was talking to Mr. Martin, right? The first time they met, he said, I'm a Christian, right? I'm a, I am a good Christian man. And yet the book that he published in 1986 seems to really, you know, he clearly echoes out and calls out for to Thomas Paine and, and, and his pamphlet he released. So to me, I think that's kind of like strike number one of like, I know Mr. Martin accepted what he said, but I don't know that this guy was a hundred percent, you know, and, and if you notice throughout some of the writing on the stone and stuff, it brings up the idea a lot of to the, uh, it keeps reusing that word reason, the word reason, um, the, what's the other term he uses a lot of like the, oh, I should have marked it down, but reason was one of the words that kept coming up and oh, guide talking about like guiding. And that we should basically like logically think things out. Um, so anyways, <clears throat> excuse me. So when they were talking to uh, Mr. Martin, by the way, when they were given the uh, interview in that documentary, <coughs> excuse me, they mentioned this to him about what he said in the book that he published. And he was kind of taken back, you know, a little bit. He goes, oh, he's in a bad place. And long story short, Mr. Martin truly believes in God himself. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. All right. So let's, uh, by the way, quick history lesson on the, the, the 10 commandments that were given out there, Micah, the translation themselves came directly from the United Nations, except the, uh, the traditional Chinese, I guess there was a young person in town that lived there and, um, 
who gave the uh, gave the interpretation. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Elberton, that's it. So they they were a citizen of Elberton who uh, spoke Chinese and was able to do that for them. <clears throat> uh, anyways, RC said that the ten guides come came to him over twenty years, as we discussed many times already. So now here we bring in the next character. His name is Mark Clamp. He is the caretaker currently of the monument and property. Uh, his opinion when they were talking about like people bringing up, listen, this is some like new world order kind of stuff. They're going to take out, which listen, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a possibility, but when some of that was brought up to him, excuse me, he said, this is just one man's point of view on the world. Nothing more or less. So that's his opinion. And he said, you know, being a caretaker, even when they were doing the documentary. And if you go on the uh, Wikipedia page, you'll see some like pictures they have where people defaced it. They painted on it. And, and uh, I think one point they think someone even tried to hit it with a car because they had a kind of a chip out of it. Um, <clears throat> anyways, his job is to keep people from doing that and fix any issues that <clears throat> might arise. He, uh, he did say though, that they have people come up there that want to like get married there or whatever, you know, maybe that are of the occult as it were that use this place as like a little ritual or whatever. And he said, he doesn't really care. It's, it's, you know, it's for the city, city property technically. So it's, it's not something that you can't access. And as long as you're being respectful of the, the property itself, you're not trying to, to damage it or deface it at all. You know, you feel free to do your thing kind of deal. So that was kind of his thoughts on it. Um, one thing that was kind of interesting about him though, he said that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, man, Mark's dad. So we're talking about Mark Clamp, that gentleman who's the caretaker here. His dad, Charlie Clamp, played a key role in finishing the project in 1980. Wyatt and Martin hired him to be the sandblasting, or to do the sandblasting and put the lettering on, um, which are also, I think the, the lettering is pretty big. It's like two inches, I think. Is that right, Micah? Somewhere in there in height? Uh, I didn't. Didn't see okay, that, I'm pretty, but I'm gonna, it, I'm gonna it, call it, it definitely looks it pretty large. Yeah, I think about two inches. So Mark said that the, and again, this is Mark Clamp, the caretaker. Mark said that the rumors about his dad hearing voices and music while blasting the words is false. So apparently, there was this kind of rumor. If you're digging into some of the legends behind this place, that while his dad, you know, Charlie there, Clamp, was you know, sandblasting these words and he could hear demonic voices and, you know, the music and I'm a man, you're a man. Okay. That sounds, that was really taking a shot. So I'm taking a shot at him. Continue. Stay focused. Mark said, uh, obviously that was false. Uh, anyways, he did confirm the Mark also said that all the men, and this is what I talked about earlier, Micah, that all the men involved, uh, building it were good Christians and Masons. Uh, and as mentioned, why it was not. Now, going back to Wayne Mullix, uh, they were interviewing him. And this is going to come up to the time capsule stuff here, Micah, right? Because what is unique about that time capsule that we didn't really talk about besides the misspelled word? What's unique about it? Uh, that it doesn't have that it was put in or when it should be open. Exactly, right? There's like no parent time, man. There's just, hey, man, there's this giant thing supposed to be the capstone or whatever, time capsule, but there's no, there's no like, normally when you put a time capsule, I think everybody's familiar with them, but in case you're not, you put stuff from your era, your decade in it, it tells you and it was buried and it tells you a time to dig it back up, whether it be 50 years, 100 years, whatever. So normally you'd say, like we did it this year, we'd say, all right, 2020, this was buried, dig it up in, you know, 2050 or whatever, or the year 3000. But there's nothing on this one. I just had a completely random brain fart thought. What if we reached to the year 3000? Like, what if you and I got that old to be to the year 3000? I'd be 109 years old. <clears throat> 
I think at that point I'd be like, three thousand. Are you stupid? Wait, am I doing bad math right now? Am I doing really bad math? Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 one second. What year is it, William? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what year is it, William? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not making that 500 right, million. Group. 1991 <laughs> to 3,000 sounds an awful lot like a thousand and nine years nine old. Years. <laughs> not a hundred and nine years. But I could be mistaken. I'm not making um, that eugenics program. Man, you really, <laughs> <laughs> you really uh, have high expectations for your lifespan, don't you? Thousand right, fifty years, dude. You're not part of around, the elite. You ain't gonna live year, that long. If I'm still around in the year three thousand, I'm taking myself out at with the ball dropping in the year three thousand. If the ball drops, I'm like, you know what? Thousand and nine, I'm done. <laughs> I'm ending it. Put it out there now. You heard it here first. Or you heard it here first. Anyways, okay. God's sake. All right. So Wayne Mullix, as we mentioned, was the gentleman who built the foundation. They were interviewing him, and they asked him directly about the time capsule. And said, you know, asked him specifically, hey, you know, you you laid the foundation. You had to dig all the dirt up and do all this. So what's down there? Like, is there an actual time capsule? Because nobody really knows. He'd been really honest about everything up to this point. And at this point, he goes, I'm going to let that stay a secret. This is the exact quote when they were interviewing him. So, I mean, it's not really like, a, oh, yeah, there's definitely something down there. But it's also not a, yeah, there's nothing down there. I mean, I... I don't know. Maybe it's just part of the like tourist attraction part, but he, that's what he said. I'm going to let that stay a secret. Um, excuse me. So this is where we come back to Mr. Coggins. I don't remember me mentioning him in the beginning. The the guy that helped kind of get things going had the picture with uh, Rosalind Nixon. But anyways, he has uh, a secretary who's been running his business for a long time. And what's interesting is he received, and it's not quite sure, they, even in the documentary, they were not sure why he received some of the information on the, the, the specifics of how it was shaped and the dimensions of what was going to be built. But these guys were down there trying to figure this out. Uh, they came across a letter that had been sent to Mr. Coggins. It reads as follows. So <clears throat> this is what's interesting, is that uh, R.C. Christian had a very like specific way of talking. And this right here, what I'm about to read verbatim, very different. This reads like old school, like King James Version kind of stuff, not like a person would normally talk. But anyways, here's what it says. So let's read it. Um, to whoever comes upon this presenting contained here. Oh, sorry. To whoever, whomever comes upon this presenting Contained herein are the keys that have been awaited to be placed here in the proper sequencing and in the proper order to announce the return and the activation of those events of prophecy that have that signal these events. Those who have guarded this great mystery and who have guarded the evolution of the human species itself are returning. It has begun. What the French? First, there's more to read, but like <laughs> the human species, like is that not a weird way to word that? Those who have um, is that the only great... thing that you think is weird about this? Well, so there's far? a lot weird about this. I'm not gonna lie. Anyways, let me keep reading, and then we can we can come. So it has begun. Uh, page four. Page, oh wait, page five. Enough. Page five. Page five. Here. <clears throat> Continues on reading, saying. This monument, known as the Georgia Guidestone, shall find threads unto the revelation of its mystery in the name R.C. Christian. Ooh. So it actually addresses 
pretty distinctively we can determine now that well, this is an R.C. Christian because it's kind of talking about him in third person. Otherwise known unto the contingency that is responsible for the erection of this monument. You're <laughs> <laughs> so a dumb. child. I am so dumb. Uh, uh, this again, why I'm not making the 500 million duties and erections. All right. So the contingency that is responsible for the erection of this bon- monument, and this is where it's interesting, as Christian Rosencrantz, or Rosencrantz, uh, and then it has this lettering in there, 1378 to 1484. This presentation of keys upon the finding of it is to be delivered to the Elberton Star. The Elberton Star is to deliver it to the Atlanta Rose Creation Society. Uh, so <clears throat> that is all that it says. And that, that, that is the end of it. So a couple things. Number one, let's go back to the further, the other page here where it said, I thought that, I mean, it's all kind of interesting and, and worded weirdly, but the, the whole, those who have guided this great mystery and who have guided the evolution of the human species itself are returning. It has begun. Dude, is this just a bunch of rich people like got really bored? And we're like, you know what? Totally possible. You wanna <laughs> you wanna screw some some rednecks down in down here in drawer. They're not really bad. So the whole RC Christian thing, I mm-hmm. can totally see it, it specifically mentions Rose Cross Christian, right? Uh Monument as Christian Rosencrantz. It, it was what, what it said was that's uh, Rose yes. that's Rose and Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, if you look that up, if if you look up like, do that, you have something pulled up is, on it? That is his. That was uh, a guy. Is a uh, is the legendary possibly? I'm not even gonna try. Like I can't say that word right now. It's basically like allegedly the founder okay. um, of the uh, Rosie Rosen. Rosie order. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rose Cross Christian is the name of this. Which is, which is Christian. That's, I mean, I know, right? Because the original one is like an order, which it limits its members to Christian, um, master masons. The order was founded in Scotland but is known to exist in England, Scotland, Canada, Portugal, and the United States. While a perspective, perspective member must be a Trinitarian, a Trinitarian Christian master Mason in a good standing with the Grand Lodge that is recognized by the Grand Lodge of the judiciary something in the witch seats, blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of tying this right back to the Freemason stuff, right? Because obviously, I mean... Those dates, thirteen seventy eight to eighteen, uh, the fourteen eighty four. I believe that's. They're just saying that they, they believe that's when he. Um. That's kind of the guy, the founder, of this this group started, right? From what you read, uh, in the seventeen seventeenth <clears throat> century, yeah, so sixteen hundreds. Yeah. So, anyways, that part is kind of interesting. I, I think also too. By the way, I looked up the Alberton Star. And that's just that's just their. Uh, like the the local news right there in Alberton. It's just who their newspaper was. When they were contacted and asked about this, they said they've never received anything 
from anything having to do with the Georgia Guidestones. They had no idea what it was about. When they contacted uh, the Atlanta Rosicrucian Society, they refrained from giving any comment. So they didn't comment at all about this when asked about it. Uh, one last point that I want to make, too, about how everything ended with that weird paraphrasing of that that letter that we read where they were like talking about the society and all that one person feels because it talks about like the keys and people returning some have felt over the years that it uh, refers to revelations chapter 14 verses 19 through 20 uh and the angel and the angel thrust in its sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and the cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and the blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. That's pretty dark stuff right there. I don't think that's like a blood to the bridle is my horse is pretty freaking tall, so pretty sure the bridle parts that's that's near the mouth, right? The bit or whatever it's called that goes in the mouth. Uh, the, the bridle I think is the th- is it not the thing that goes around their neck? It could be. All I'm, it's high. It's freaking high. It's the point. So, anyways, I just wanted to close that out. So, anyways, there's another character. Um, like I said, getting an idea of well, who is R.C. Christian. Um, Hudson Cone was the editor of the Alberton Granite Tear magazine. He actually met R.C. Stone because up to this point, when they were doing this documentary, nobody thought that they had met well nobody besides Wyatt Martin had met RC Christian knowingly I'm sure people had met him like obviously Joe met him as one of those but they didn't know his exact identity and Joe got a call from and they didn't weren't clear on this but from RC sometimes a few few years later um wanting to meet up and talk about some things they wanted to add to the monument and Joe being good friends with Hudson Cone obviously they knew each other just like everybody in town invited him along and said hey Mr. R.C. has agreed to meet and you can come along as long as you don't ask questions about his like background and who and what he is, okay? So obviously, since Mr. Wyatt Martin is very vague, he's taking this to his grave about even giving hints at who the guy was, right? He was very, very, uh, I almost read the words on the screen there, very muted, uh, very, um, he honored his word is what I'm saying. So with this guy meeting him, he said that he had very, uh, pronounced facial features. Uh, he was bald on top. He had, you know, a ring of white hair and he didn't know for sure, but he kind of really felt that the guy seemed to be a botanist would be his best guess. Perhaps that's what he did as a profession because he used very technical terms. He wouldn't call it an oak tree or a maple tree or whatever plant he would use the technical term for that. Um, but they were discussing the idea of making, uh, basically, let me make sure I read this right. Uh, kind of like a clock or ring formation around the current monument. And the the hope was that they, I don't know what they were really going to do because it ended up not happening based on the the estimate that, or guesstimation that Joe gave them, which was in the 40 or $60,000 range. Once um, Martin sent back a response for the quote, I guess it was like triple or quadruple the, the, the quote that he got from Joe. And so he wasn't real happy about that. RC wasn't, he even said at one point, he's like, I, I actually worked in concrete at one point in time myself as a younger man, and a man should be able to lay a foundation for $2,000 or less. So this was something that ended up not coming to fruition, obviously, but I kind of wondered what they were going to be adding on. You know what I mean? It, the guy said from his best understanding, the the Mr. Cone that met for the lunch that day said it looked, you know, looked to be just singular stones themselves. They're going to go around it. And I do believe there is a drawing. If you watch the documentary, I think they had a drawing with it to give you a better idea. Um, so anyways, that's our one hint that we kind of have realizing, okay, this guy knows, we kind of get an idea of what he looked like, but we also get understanding of like, okay, he's, he's 
got a good understanding of, of botany, I guess you could say. So uh, Joe Finley Jr. Uh, mentioned, and this was in 2007, I believe it was, said that in 2003, his dad, Joe Finley Sr., got a call from RC in 2003 trying to reveal himself to Joe uh, Finley Sr. So that's kind of interesting. It, it, I mean, what, what do you think that was about? I mean, like why reveal himself i mean does that mean just it like wanted to re- meet him or like uh, he wanted to disclose his 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 real um the words are failing me identity now. it's a big word uh, i'm not making I mean, that 500 like, million if you want to do that then just like freaking do it you know like, yeah well i mean this wasn't like they had skype back then you know what i mean this is well, this is 2003 yeah he might have but he's old school probably i mean this was you know they're thinking it was an older gentleman back in the 80s. So point being, he tried to reveal himself and who he was. Um, and Joe said, I've worked with you all these years not knowing who you are. I don't want to know now. And that's also what his son, Junior, said as well. He's like, we didn't, you know, we didn't really care. We didn't want to know. Um, <clears throat> so so this is important right here. Why Martin, the one who, like, ran the bank, right? Uh, him and RC stayed in touch through correspondence for years. And one day, R.C. Christian's son called Martin to let him know his parents had passed away. So when they were given the uh, in the documentary there, they specifically asked, hey, would you tell us when they passed away? Excuse me. Um, so when he asked about that, excuse me, uh, Martin refused to answer the question, said that was a very private and family, you know, personal and private family matter. But he did mention it was after the year 2000. So, I mean, he didn't disclose an exact thing, but he did mention it was after 2000. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, they, they were talking about the original plans that were sent over, right? Because, again, everything got burnt. Joe Finley Sr., all the original drawings and plans, everything he had, all got burnt. They burnt it, like, purposely. It was by request of R.C. Christian said, when we're all done, can you please burn everything you have? Any of the files, any, you know, just everything, right? Burn it all. Well, I guess Wyatt Martin, the guy who ran the bank and ran all this stuff for R.C. Christian himself, had planned on writing a book at one point in time. So he hung on to this, actually. And, and believe it or not, uh, back in the day, I guess, when you, you, you used to get a computer, uh, that you came to, you could order to have these massive cases because, well, computers were freaking huge in the, in the early 90s, right? And he happened to mention that he had all this stuff still in there. Now, he said he probably hadn't looked in 20 years. And at first, he was really apprehensive. They're like, well, do you want to show us? He's like, no, no, no. I, you know, he's a real old guy. I'm not, well, I don't want to do any of that. Like, like very, like, you know, we, we can talk about it, but we ain't going to look. And they kind of coaxed him into it. And so he's walking along and he's telling him stories about his dad and his brother and all this. Takes him out to the barn um, to look at an old IBM computer case, which still had everything from the original drawing to letters shared between the two over the years. So now here's what kind of happened, and here's why these guys think they've cracked the case. And for those that may be listening, go, whoa, are you trying, he's trying to say you, that these guys figured out who R.C. Christian is? Well, I'm kind of convinced from watching this thing that they did. Now, the reason why is because they, first they just, the guy gets it out, right? And he's like telling him, he's like, well, it's a piece of history. I'm excited to look at it. And clearly you can tell they're like, well, what? They, they kind of kept like. Uh, slowly leading into like, well, could we pull it out to just see so we can like just show on camera that it's real? And he's like, oh, right, well, you know, so they pull it out. And they're like, could, and there was a piece of paper kind of hanging out to send it. Well, would you mind if we could just maybe open it just to, to, to show that there are papers? And he was like, oh, no, no, I don't, uh, I don't want to do that. You know, we can't be, you know, <laughs> but they ended up talking into it. And for whatever reason, he lets them open it. 
And so from that, they're able to, he's videoing, so he <laughs> he's videoing like any piece of information that just happens to be readily laying out. To Mr. Wyatt Martin's credit, he was trying to cover the addresses. Like, you know how like when you get a stamp from where it came from, it's got a little round circle. He was purposely covering those up. You know, he was showing letters. Here's a letter saying that, you know, him and I talked. They talked about uh, all kinds of stuff. And one of them specifically, he talked about, they had some sort of a heart surgery thing. And a guy was talking about saying, I'm old enough to remember the Dust Bowl. And he mentions his age. R.C. Christian does. He said, he's, I'm now 78. And the letter was sent in 1998. So that gives us a, a timeline of how old this guy was, which it would what, put him in 1920, I believe, would be the year he'd been born. Um, so anyways, through this, without poor Mr. Martin's knowledge, really, that they're videoing stuff. <laughs> and, the, and you could kind of tell at one point, it seemed like the guy that was going through it, but the guy that was videoing, he was pointing stuff out, like, as in, like, Oh, this one says that, like to kind of like, hey, zoom in here, like, you know, <laughs> maybe check this out. Um, and I, I could be wrong, Micah, but that guy burnt all that stuff, right? Is it, I believe it, the one that you were listening to I or looked did into. Not, did not. Oh, you didn't get that part? Okay. For... So, well, he even mentioned while they're looking through it, he goes, you know, now that you guys are making this thing and we've opened it, he goes, I think I need, I'm going to have to burn all this. <laughs> and from my understanding, I didn't show in the documentary, but from listening to the, the uh, gentleman on another show, it sounded like he did burn that. That was actually on the, um, they didn't make the final cut, but they videoed him burning all of the, what was left of evidence. So from this though, they deduced that, uh, there was the name Mr. Merriman was associated with RC Christian. So in, in the lettering, how it was, uh, one of the letters that were formatted, excuse me, below his name, the RC Christian, there was actually this term, Mr. Merriman. The second clue was on, uh, was an address, which is seven. Uh, I can tell you this address because, well, I'm I'm just going to. It's 730. Because <laughs> I'm to my civil duties with my big duties. Okay. 730 Raywood Drive, Fort Dodge, Iowa. That's zip code 50501. Um, not spelt Ray as you might think. R-A-Y. There's a W on the beginning. W-R-A-Y-W-O-O-D Drive, Fort Dodge, Iowa. Once again, that's 50501. Actually, it's 730 Raywood. But anyways, so there, there was this address that was also on there at one of the headings of the letters. And again, this, you got to imagine this box is just full of papers, right? There's just all – he had stuff like t- previous uh, bank statements and taxes. Like there was a lot of stuff in this thing, okay? Um, so anyways, so basically from getting this, you know, they kind of have to ask yourselves, you know, was this his real name? Was this his address? You know, what was going on here? So upon further investigation, the book common sense renewed, um, they ended up going and talking to the publisher they found, which was in Iowa, uh, said a Robert Merriman wrote it and even had a picture of him, um, a picture of him with the book that was originally, um, published. Which, as we talked about earlier, was the one I got sent out to all the Congress members, and we read a little synopsis from that thing, and it, what a piece of work it is, right? Um, kill all people. Keep them low. Keep them low. <laughs> the, uh, anyways, so, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so the obituary shows that he died in 1992, though, talking about this Robert Merriman. So, obviously, we think about that. We know that Joe Jr. said that his dad received that call in, like, 2003, and then you have... Uh, Mr. Wyatt Martin himself did reveal that it was after 2000 he passed away. So we know that it's probably not him, but there was a guy who did know him, a guy named Harris Hansi. He was a friend of Merriman, both served in World War II and worked together in the publishing industry. He confirmed R. Merriman wrote the book. So because there was question, well, did he even write the book? How is it associated? And we don't have any time to it, but this guy that 
worked with him in a separate press or a printing industry confirmed that yes, he, he did do this. All right. So the next thing that's important is the address. It is Nick's. Um, but let's start with the, uh, the, the Fort Dodge, because there is just a Fort Dodge without even the address that not even that initially when they were looking it up, they, before they put that in, they just looked at Fort Dodge thinking it was going to be that. And, uh, at Fort Dodge, uh, it's a fort that dates back to the 1880s in Iowa, originally called Fort Clark. But I guess they realized there was another fort. They changed the name to Fort Dodge in honor of Senator Henry Dodge from the state of Wisconsin. Because, you know, we're in Iowa and we want to honor that Wisconsin senator all the way. <laughs> like, that part to me was like, what the French do? Like, unless he came there, did something or served. I don't know. It seems weird. Um, <clears throat> another fun fact uh, about this fort. It is famous for the Cardiff. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Cardiff Giant. One of the great hoaxes of the 19th century. I don't even know it what it is i'll be honest but if you want to look it up apparently it was like one of those things like in the beginning where they were like we found a dinosaur bone it was like fused together pieces of cement and crap <laughs> plaster look at a dinosaur bone you ever see the late 1800s how they made a long neck look like it was literally like on its belly with its arms extended to the sides like it was like a almost like a komodo dragon you ever see some of the original <laughs> idea no okay that's another topic for another time all right <gasps> Um, upon further investigation of the address, it did not belong to Robert Merriman. Okay. So then they're like, okay, well now we're drawing a blank here because the guy, we know the guy wrote that book. Well, kind of, but, but there's no, uh, there's no proof of that. Right. Cause the address doesn't match his name, but it did belong to one Herbert H. Kirsten, a physician who was well-respected. He was also an inventor who had more than 10 patents registered with the United States government. One such patent was for a rotary valve engine, which was patented with the address from the letter inside the IBM case uh, at Mr. Martin's. So <clears throat> they were able to, to correlate that, oh, that, you know, all this fits together. Dated April, April of 1979. So that was what, like a couple months prior to, what did you say? It was March of 1979? Right? Uh, October, I think. Was when he actually purchased the land. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. So I'm sorry. So dated, you know, April of 1979, that was two months prior to Mr. Martin's first encounter. I'm sorry. It was Mr. Martin's first encounter with R.C. Christian. Also in 2002, a donation to the governor, Doug Gross, from one Herbert H. Kirsten at the same address from uh, the, the Georgia Guidestones to the letter Mr. Martin had in 1908 would have been at this address. So what they're trying to say is, is that this guy has been living there since the Georgia Guidestones started. They also can correlate that he donated money to this guy, the governor, Doug Gross, or, yeah, Doug Gross, uh, having the same address, same name, and uh, matching that patent. And the other thing that came up here was uh, another patent was for a form and facing, oh, I'm sorry, a form and facing device for concrete, concrete, ringing back to what Mr. Cohen said about meeting him when they had lunch with Mr. Finley saying, I was once a concrete worker myself. So where does that put us? Well, let's put us with, let's sell this thing because we blew it wide open. I'm just kidding. We didn't, but these guys did a great job. You should check it out. So Dr. Kirsten died in 2005. So the timeline matches up in one of, you know, one of the letters, like I mentioned, Mr. Martin uh, disclosed his age being 78 and that was in 1998. So that tells us he should have been born in 1920, uh, or May 7th, actually, be precise. And I guess what? Uh, <laughs> the, none of it's true. It was actually Thanos. Uh, he had returned with the final stone. I'm just <laughs> 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 It was the year so, 2020. So, so, I don't. Oh, God. 
So on, uh, they go to his gravesite, and on his tombstone in Fort Dodge, he was born in 1920. And you know how like some people want to be remembered for something, so they like engrave it on their stone or whatever, like a little saying of some sort. His is remembered for being a physician and a conservationist. Not, you know, so that kind of rings back to the whole idea of uh, what was the last, what was the tenth one? Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of seems like maybe. maybe right? Um, another fun fact, the name Kirsten is an arc, or uh, is an, oh man, oh, archaic. I always murder that word. So Kirsten is an archaic form of the word Christian. So Mr. Kirsten literally means Mr. Christian. So this is where they're thinking that the whole RC Christian thing came in. Um, they think that the author of Robert Christian, I'm sorry. I, I misspoke earlier when I said Robert Christian. So the guy who wrote that book that was sent out to all the politicians, the title, the, the, the name that was put on there was Robert Christian. So what they think is that between him and something, Robert Merriman, they think they combined to write that book and that they used um, Robert's first name and then Kirsten putting his last name as Christian, making it Robert Christian, which is the, the, you know, the RC, right? Um, RC was a combination of the two gentlemen's names. So, uh, the last thing that kind of closes this out for them to believe that this guy, Herbert, what was his name? Herbert, what? Herbert, Herbert something. Do you remember what his name was? Why am I drawing a blank here, Mike? Uh, Herbert H. Kirsten. Jeez. All right. So. The last thing that they did is once they figured this out, they said, okay, well, this, if this is the date, we know he was born here. We know he passed away. The the date matches up to say that who Mr. Martin is, is corresponding with matches the address because at one point the guy picked up a piece of mail when they were doing the IBM thing before Mr. Christian could cover it. And they confirmed that's how they got the address. So they're saying they're, they're like 99% sure that this Herbert H. Kirsten was indeed RC and I actually I have two pictures of them here. I have pictures of both these gentlemen. I'll, I'll try to figure out a way to put those in the show notes if possible in a link. Um, you can Google the name. You can also Google the name Herbert H. Kirsten. Um, it actually comes up pretty fast. Um, but anyways, from doing this, they were able to trace them to this this small little town there in uh, Iowa, and there are two local uh, historians that kind of like uh, just for the local area that knew about this guy and kind of talked about some things. So this is where it gets interesting. They think, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Two local historians, excuse me, to Mr. Ho- or Mr. Kirsten's hometown showed a book of prominent citizens from the city. And Herbert Kirsten's bio had detailed statements about human population and its threat, just like R.C. Christian. So in this book, they had like, either well-respected because Herbert Christian served as a, uh, I want to say it was 74 or 78 years. I think it was 74 years as a physician in this town. I mean, that was a long time. I don't think he's a doctor for 74 years anymore, but point being, he was well-respected. Everybody knew him in the area. So he had a little bio written about him in this, in this book of respectable people from there. Uh, and I won't, I, I just paraphrase it here. I mean, he wrote a whole, whole paragraph like Thanos himself talking about perpetual balance and all like I mean it literally sounds like Thanos built the the guidestones kind of I mean I'm not I'm, it's literally the same thing as what the RC Christian guy was saying um <clears throat> this where it gets weird is that there was like this lodge right where the old sweaty men go and hang out you know sweat together nude for no reason I don't know it's what called I'm, a sauna yeah but why are they all gonna be nude 
Maybe we're going to reach that level. Maybe there's a certain level of enlightenment we reach. You're like, you know what? I'm just letting it hang out. I'm just going to. I'm comfortable naked. Dude, there is nobody more comfortable being naked than old people. Like, they do not care. They don't have to care anymore. They don't care. And yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter that you might care. They do not care. It is what it is. Anyways, um, I guess at this place, he bragged knowing um, someone named William Shockley as a friend. Um, if you look up William Shockley <clears throat> really briefly here, where in the French toast? Because I'm in here with you Skyping. Where is he? Here he is. William Shockley. Uh, he was a Nobel priest. Uh, <laughs> priest. A Nobel P, uh, prize. Wow. You know what? Nobel Mikey, Peace you? Prize. Thank you. Physicist and pioneering inventor said to have brought silicone to Silicon Valley. He became infamous for promoting uh, for promoting racist views, though. So that ended up being his like downfall is that he did this really awesome stuff, but he was also super racist. Um, he proposed the idea, and I'm paraphrasing on all this, but he proposed the idea that, um, well, first of all, he did not support black people whatsoever. He, he felt that they were like a plague upon the earth. Anybody that scored less than a hundred on a, um, IQ test specifically targeting the African American community, uh, should be paid to be castrated so they cannot reproduce. He felt that we should not be allowing people who cannot score higher than a hundred on a IQ test to reproduce. So crap, I did some pretty bad math earlier. I may not have, might not have passed that IQ test. But hey, I'll be getting paid. So, uh, you know, anyways, <laughs> so this guy, Mr. Kirsten, bragged about, he was proud, very proud of being friends with, with William Shockley. And uh, so with him being as a friend, so these two historians said that they feel that Mr. Kirsten could have been uh, thought of as a white supremacist. Um, He also... Oh, yeah, he felt – so this is another thing that made him probably a white supremacist was he felt David Duke, Grand Wizard of the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, was a great person and should be admired for his work and what he was doing. So uh, did Duke, Hillary Clinton. Dun, dun, dun. All okay. right, moving on. Duke is said to be an American Nazi. Well, a little more than said to be. He, he was. Um, and there's pictures, I guess, of this guy and blah, 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 blah. So, closing it all out, I think, at least from what they've said in the in the documentary, one could make a very strong claim that this um, Herbert H. Kirsten was indeed R.C. Christian, which would be the same initials. So he could be the mysterious figure that some were thinking about. Ted Turner, the guy that, did you ever look up the guy who founded Scientology or no? I did not. That's okay. He doesn't matter anyways. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the story in a nutshell at, that we know of as of right now. Now, let's close it out quickly, I guess, with our, our thoughts. Well, this is a pretty interesting story and there's a lot going on. Do you think it's like all satanic stuff? I mean, like, like a lot of people, do you think we can rule uh, that one out or no? I don't, I don't know that it would be, I don't think it's, it's probably not necessarily satanic, but like, um, it's, it is probably as, as you previously mentioned, it's one messed up dude's view on the world, yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's what Mark um, felt. Cause he put my notes down. Put my I think the earth again. is, has plenty of room for more than 500 million people. I don't think we need to reduce the population to 500 million. 
Um, yeah. I have like mixed... I, I, oh, sorry. sorry. I mean, sorry. I, I think overpopulation is a thing, but like there's plenty of space on Earth that hasn't been taken up. Like, you know, but with the crap you got going on in like China and India where you have, you know almost two friggin' billion people living inside of a country. Um, well, that's, you got a little overcrowding there. I think we're RC uh, messed up here. Mr. Christian, whoever these loyal Americans where he's representing was, uh, you guys just need to build gates. You just had to wait like literally 2000 probably would have been a good time to reach out to the man. It feels, uh, seems he has some of the same philosophical points of view on life is that maybe Bill Gates was one of those, <laughs> Patriotic Americans. I am very patriotic. So patriotic, I'm willing to kill four and a half billion people. Patriotic as in he's a uh, world citizen patriotic. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's not, uh, he didn't specifically say he, or specifically say he was a United States patriot, uh, but uh, just that he was a patriot. That is is the weird thing, too, is that... uh, the verbiage that was used that he was talking, there'd be times he would say himself, I've been stunned for 20 years. And, uh, but then it would go back to the whole idea of talking about, we represent this group of people. And apparently they weren't uber rich because when they, well, he said quadruple or triple the price. And so if he, if, he, if Joe roughly said, let's just go to the high end. If he said, uh, we well said sixty to forty thousand, or sorry, forty to sixty thousand. So let's just go middle of the road, fifty thousand. If it, if it was triple the price or even quadruple the price, that's still only two hundred thousand dollars, right? So I mean, that I mean that's a lot. Don't get me wrong, that's a lot of money back then. Um, but if you're this big powerful thing that's going to take everybody out, I don't feel like two hundred thousand dollars would be like, oh, that's too. Whoa, pump the brakes there. We only yeah. own oil. Um, but uh, one other thing I would say. That well, first of all, what are your theories on just the guidestones themselves? What? You, let's close it out that way. What do you think this was really intended to do? Like, let's close it out that way. I don't think either what you're saying. I agree. Well, I don't want to speak too much for you, but I don't think this is some sort of like big satanic. They're going to have a ritual and they're going to sacrifice people at these stones and stuff. Like, I don't think it's that. I don't see it being that. I think it very well could be someone's attempt at just trying to oh, pardon me that's a mighty big duty right trying now. to uh guide um you know if, if something ever were to happen to wipe out most of the population mm-hmm. um to kind of mold the next phase i guess yeah. i don't well it could be that or i mean it really could be someone that is part of the whole new world order and they kind of they're so tired of being silent about it that they needed to put something out there and you know let people know that they exist i'm not sure well i think too that there is two things uh that stick out to three-ish things number number one when the that letter that particular letter that was found in mr uh coat coggins or Co- i forget who, who it was oh coggins here we go coggins what was found in his paperwork, like that, that wording was very weird when it talked about like the keys to, to whomever, to whomever comes upon this presenting contained herein are the keys that have been awaited to be placed in the proper sequencing and in a proper order. 
to announce the return and the activation of those events of prophecy that have signaled these events. Those who have guided or guarded the great mystery and who have guarded the evolution of the human species itself are returning. It has begun. That is a very, like, there's parts like that. I'm like, man, was someone just like screwing with people? Like, Hey, you know what? We got so much money. Let's, let's just screw with these people. Like, let's just send out this weird, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like that literally, I'm not trying to take this like a UFO route, but like, it kind of sounds like that or religious, religious point of view. Like the whole idea of like, we talked about the book of revelations and all that. I mean, what, this is not a very strange verbiage or wording there. Sure. But I mean, I don't think that necessarily means that someone loaded. I mean, you can make something sound ominous by (laughs) changing the way you write it. Yeah, I guess that's true. But we didn't change the way it was written. That's the way it was written. I mean, that's... Well, yeah, but I mean, normally, I mean, if you were trying to write that in, like, modern English, you'd be like, yeah, so those keys that you're waiting (laughs) on, they're here, and y'all need to be ready. But that's what I'm saying, is that this wasn't, like... This is written like some sort of ancient script, like old yonders. Yeah, and but it's, like I'm saying, I mean, all you got to do is just change the way you're, yeah. you're but writing But would you it. at least say it lends some credence to the idea that there is a time cop- capsule down there, even though there's no dates? Uh, Sure, but I don't it's really... Talking, I, like keys. It's a, t- a time capsule unless it contains... um, Ooh, ooh, it's... Ooh, maybe they did open the time capsule and that's where the Rona came from. Oh, oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. That came from China. Um, <laughs> so with this, I would say, though, is the one thing why I think it's somewhat important is it seems to lend the idea that there is something buried. And the fact that Mr. Wayne Murdix, Murdix, I'm getting the name mixed up here. But the fact that he wouldn't uh, even address the idea said, I'm going to leave that a secret. I'm going to let that secret lie. What was it? Wayne, Wayne Mullenix, Mullenix. So Mr. Mullenix, when asked directly about that, was like, I'm going to let that secret lie. Because he's the only one that would really probably know. Um, Mark Clamp, the guy that's the caretaker there, he said he doesn't believe there's anything buried down there. He thinks that's just kind of a little added thing to kind of mess with people, you know, like lure the allure of uh, mystery or whatever. Um, but here's what about this last crazy idea and I'm done. What if this was designed or given to people by time travelers and they're real. And that's why there's no inscription date yet, because this is just set up so that one day someone will write the time on there and people are going to have to come back from the future. They're going to dig up whatever's in there and do what something with it. I, I don't know. I don't know. We're at that point of the show. Hashtag Broners. Um, yeah, we're, we're there. That's for me. I, I think, first of all, I do think these guys figured out who RC Christian was. Secondly, I do think whether we, I wouldn't go the idea that this is all about like Satanism and Satanists and blah, blah, blah. Not saying that element doesn't exist or whatever, but I do think there is an element of people or group of people tied to this that certainly care about the population of the world numbers. And so I don't think we can completely disregard the fact that if they had their way, we would be kind of operating under these 10 guides. guide. They're like guidelines. Um, I, I think they would, be, they would, be, they would be pretty happy to see us operate under those and, 
they sound kind of all okay on the outside, except obviously the very first one right off the bat. But I think the more you read into them, the more it's left up to a lot of personal interpretation. Not a lot of checks and balances. You know what I mean? Seems to kind of be a lot of we rule, we keep going, eugenics kind of a, or is it eugenic, eugenics or eugenics? I feel like I'm I'm mispronouncing that word. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's eugenics. But it's the idea of breeding people to a better, um, outcome for humanity as a whole. So that's all I got on this. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to it, Mike, any other information you think we should give to people or just kind of, we, we laid quite a bit out. They could probably, I would have a lot of links with this one. Um, you guys can dig into it and research it yourself. And as always, if there's something we missed, please reach out to us as Karen did and let us know how we're doing. Uh, feel free. That is on our website, the, uh, Bob USA. U.S. Mm-hmm. podcast? I can't remember. I forgot what but You don't remember the it is acronym a, for your own bloody well, country? No, but I, well, I'm what trying to think it. No, I'm no, 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 we not got that. here, guys. I'm not talking about that. I'm trying yes, to say. It like, is BobUSAPodcast.com. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I totally knew that. I just had to check on my phone. But yeah, you can email us on there. So, guys, anything you want to add, Micah, before I wrap us up here? And- mm. We can go no. about our duties of the evening. We can <laughs> all our social and personal responsibilities, along with social some duties, social uh, activities. Again, with my wife. As soon as I get done with this, <laughs> alrighty. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, Mike is going to go defy these guidestones here. <laughs> 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 I want you all to stay curious and keep it weird.